Hey there. Thanks for listening to the Trophy Husbands podcast. Make sure you look us up on Instagram at Trophy Husbands Pod and be sure to send in your recommendations and your requests for our Trophyist Husband competition. Enjoy the episode. Sam starts episode by saying gibberish into season two. We're leaving that in the past. <laughs> <laughs> this is our intervention. Yeah. Sam, you need to stop. It's impacting your family and friends in a negative way. I'm sorry. And soon we'll have to send you to rehab. Yeah, I thought he was just going to say, like, Baba Booey or something. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was. I was trying to remember what it was. I'm so Baba Ganoush? No, it was Baba Booey. No, I said Baba Booey was definitely Baba said at one point. But Baba Booey just sounds like what someone would say in response yeah. to Yeah. I feel like I feel like both were said at one point. I believe it. Yeah. Anyways. Let's start a trend of Sam starting episodes with the names of dips. Hmm. You know, I never had know how to say this one, but Tzatziki? Is that right? Tzatziki? <laughs> you know what? I've heard like I thought you were gonna... Tzatziki or like Tzatziki or tzatziki. I thought you were gonna say like I, I thought you were gonna say like hummus or something. I thought you were gonna <laughs> rehash that joke that everyone has heard at this point of like I don't know how to say this but Worcester sauce. <laughs> I'm really glad you actually you actually picked one I also don't know how to say. So that's great. Yeah. What's that one? That's like three hard things to say. I'm sorry. I love you. Worcester sauce. Exactly. Exactly. Worcestershire. That was how I used to say yeah. it. I don't really use it very much, so I don't have much of a reason to, no, to talk me about me it. Neither. Me neither. Aside from its difficult pronunciation. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's your James. I don't know James, what else to James, say. James, James, it's Joe. Um, that was your cue to like <laughs> intro the topic or something. That lull. <laughs> that was it. That's the one. So we'll do it again. All right. I'll finish. I'll finish whispering to you, and then. Uh, you're gonna take a advantage to to intro the topic, okay? Okay. Yes. All right, let it lull. Okay, go. Welcome to the Trophy <laughs> Husbands Podcast, <laughs> Season Two. <laughs> Joe is Joe's a, a married man. We need to stop talking about it in the future tense. <laughs> in the past tense. When Joe got it, married, <laughs> it was great. I cried. Move on. <laughs> Do you think that you're gonna cry? I really wanna. I, I wonder. I, I have no idea. I don't think I did, but it wouldn't surprise me if I had. Yeah. You're a really, like, passionate, bleeding heart, deep emotions all over the place kind of person, so. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> oh, that was me. That was On my wedding yeah. day. <laughs> um, okay. So, I'm going to pull out my best uh, homily homily talk i don't know what i'm trying to say in greek <laughs> the word <laughs> the word soteria is the word that the new testament writers use for salvation what i think is very very interesting and recently came to discover uh, is that that same word soteria is also the word used for healing uh, in fact 
it was very common, a, a Greek expression in the time of Jesus to, in the letters that they would write, say things like, if we were to roughly translate it to English, like, how is your soteria? How is your health? Um, so I think that's really interesting. I think there's a lot of implications behind that, that salvation and healing are um, very closely tied, if not essentially the same thing. Um, and I just want to know what you guys think about that and what the implications of that is on personal faith growth, but also evangelization. Now, etc. I think it's interesting if you look at the word soteria, um, which is also the root for doTERRA. They come from the same root word. Uh, and doTERRA also possessing incredible healing capabilities. And now I'm wondering if I can interest you in becoming your own boss and becoming a health entrepreneur. Does that sound like you, James? Sam? It's, that sounds just like Something me. you'd like Where to get into. Now, what con- would be oh. my responsibilities <laughs> under? Sam's... What would be my responsibilities if I were to accept you as my DoTerra? As your DoTerra savior. Savior. Yeah. Um, you just basically sign most of your income away to me forever. Uh, ah. As your health declines rapidly <clears throat> from ingesting all of my potions, I I'm intrigued. <laughs> Count me intrigued. <laughs> I would okay. I would I would consider myself an essential oil skeptic, mm-hmm. but I have some, and I use them from time to time, and it may be all in my head, but I think that it works a little bit. Mm. That could be true. I don't think they Placebo. all don't. I think a lot of it doesn't work, but mostly I think it's just a pyramid scheme. And for that reason alone, (laughs) I won't use their products. That's it. Just Just like like evangelization. It's a pyramid scheme. scheme. Anyways, Um, we deviate. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. We have... We've devoted. We have Danny (laughs) devetoed the subject. Um, Danny deviated from our topic. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, that was only about six minutes and I think it was still that's more true. on topic than last week or the last one. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's true. Um, I think that is interesting too. Um, I think when thank you, when, Sam. <laughs> yeah, I'm just that's it. That's it. Um, Count me intrigued. End of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, it's it is it is fascinating to hear how those two go hand in hand and especially when we think about um our own now it does the word is salvation and not sanctification which might be an important distinguishing Hmm. factor to distinction distinction (laughs) yes sorry um it might be an important distinction to make what is the distinction well sanctification would be i think the process of salvation whereas salvation would be the end goal now i might be wrong on that but i think that's how i'm understanding that distinction so this is this is what i think about or what i have been thinking about the primary analogy that i hear for conversion is marriage so you have a conversion and like so you get married you're committed to this person 
and you're married. <clears throat> Let's say you screw something up. Like I was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So you're married, and um, let's say I, I don't know, don't talk to my wife for a week. I'm not being a great husband. I'm not being a trophy husband. No. But I'm still, I'm no, still no, no. married to her, right? Right. Um, so, and, and I've heard similar things being said about conversion. So it's like you have a conversion, and you, I don't know, sin, but you're still like – in a relationship with Jesus or like the commitment piece is still there. And I actually, I do understand that. I see some maybe ways that that could be misinterpreted. Um, so I'm careful about using that analogy, but I understand the link between conversion and, and marriage. But I, when I think of healing as an analogy for salvation, it seems to make way more sense to me because we always have this debate um, that's like, in, in like Protestant theology, it would be like, you're saved. The end. And so like, right. it's not an uncommon question to be like, oh, are you saved? Um, and thinking about it through the lens of healing, it's like, it'd be like saying like, oh, are you healed? And I could say, yeah, but if I chop my hand off tomorrow, I will no longer be, and I will need to be healed again. And I'm in a constant process of like being healed. And I, I think the whole like spiritual journey is more a process of like, not like we are one thing, which is like a depraved sinner right. and then we convert and then we are another thing, which is like a saint on a journey towards heaven. And more so like there was an original version of us or like an original image of us that's been warped by sin. And we are in the constant process of being restored to that person. Hmm. That was a lot of big thoughts. Which is an interesting one, too, because you are, if you're on this earth, you're pretty much a sinner. Like, maybe there can be a a distinction there. Maybe there are some people who, at the end of their lives, like, have incredibly aligned themselves with God's will and, and haven't done it in a while. <laughs> but, like, you're a saint when you die like when you're in heaven and you you've moved beyond that healing healed versus unhealed yeah i like that i like that there's also not like a which are you yeah are you saved or not you're not saved. healed yeah say saved not saved saint or sinner <clears throat> it's like healed or unhealed it's like healed is a like it, it is a problem. Like, obviously, I think most of us are just kind of mm-hmm. always going right. through healing. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. But it's also just like, even if you were healed, even if it was done, it's, it's <clears throat> like, I think, I think that process is more evident mm-hmm. to us versus sinner or saint. Sinner or saint is, I think, this is it. sinner or saint feels like a yes, judgment. Right. Like yeah. a condemnation. And, like, even though both of those are, should be, like, working terms, like, you're a saint always because you're human, but you're working on it and hopefully being sanctified or whatever. But it's, like, to call Mm -hmm. you a sinner feels like a, and that's a wrap. Like, it's done. Sinner or saint, you got sinner, that's the end. But healed versus not healed, yeah, yeah, doesn't have that same connotation. No, I, like, 
might I be so bold as to say <laughs> that you might we n- we don't ever quite that we are not healed until like the eventual resurrection of the of our bodies I don't know if I would go so far as to say like the resurrection of the body but definitely like we are healed when we come into heaven eternity yes yeah heaven right it's like okay. when you die yeah. you get you get through the purgatory stuff yes if that's your if that's your deal you know yeah. and then you get to heaven and then you're fully healed <clears throat> i think so because the, it, the heaven by definition is living in in complete union with god which then i, I actually really like the i this like pope francis talks about this right like the analogy of the church as being a hospital mm. and i actually like that even more because then it's no longer like we find people, we bring them to the hospital, we triage them, done. Now you're a field medic. Right. Go back out. Yeah. There's this like this understanding of like you come to the hospital, you are healed over time. It's a it's a process. It's not just like we slap a band-aid on you, game over. Like um that like discipleship and salvation is just this constant ongoing process of being healed no matter where you are at in the journey whether you've been doing it for a long time or a couple of weeks you know what i mean yeah and i think it's a bit of like i i think that is a weird analogy to take it in like a field hospital we brought you in fixed you up now you're you've been promoted from patient to medic for some reason go yeah like that's weird but like i i think it's like we're all in the hospital yeah and if you are as in like we are to, all patients yeah, yeah we're all we're all yeah. patients and if you are lucky to find yourself well enough to be back on your feet you're like spending time volunteering in that hospital like you're mm-hmm. you're helping out around the hospital where you can but you're here yeah. as a patient like make no mistake <laughs> yeah you are it's a like... patient in this hospital and you will probably be back on a bed eventually yeah. yeah, but yeah, you know, this... today you're feeling well, so bring the Jello cups around. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really, actually, um, I really like this. So I've been, I've been struggling with the concept of like holiness and mission being the same thing. Like, that's just been a thing that I've been wrestling with. Like, is that actually true? And I think what I've come to is that I think that it is true. Holiness and mission are like two sides of the same coin as the companions of the cross saying goes and i think that there's a lot of good truth to that but um there an on there's an ontological difference or like a difference in being between holiness and mission so it's like if you think about it like a fire it's like the flames and the heat are like yeah this the same like two two parts of like the same thing but fire precedes heat like you don't just get heat out of nowhere like it comes from the flames and so if like the heat is the mission and the flames are the holiness, it's like, what are you, what are you going to spend your time on? Like, we're going to spend more time focusing on like building the fire than we are on, on like increasing the heat, if that makes sense. So like more effort goes into like helping people heal, um, helping people grow in holiness. And then that holiness becomes manifested as mission um, in a way very particular to that person. Like, I think that we need to broaden our definition of mission as well to go beyond just like the proclamation of the gospel. Like there's a lot under mission. Um, mm. That's all. That's all. That's a whole other, that's a whole other conversation. But um, yeah, I like, I like that idea. It's like, you're still a patient. 
even if you're going out and healing other people, you're still being healed. And those right. two things are like, are not mutually exclusive. It's not like healed. Now you get to go out and do something like there's always a little bit of both going on. Mm. Well, I think, yeah, just in, in, in the missionary approach, I think uh, often when we experience healing, it allows, um, it allows us to be better missionaries. Well, I just think about like <clears throat> my conversion and how Joe, like your healing brought me to my conversion and 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 it's just like you didn't like yes yes you you spoke to me and you reached out but sorry you didn't you didn't do anything like insanely out of character you were just like you were yourself and you were my friend and you had gone through healing and that's what was the biggest witness to me Hmm. So I think yeah. it's, like we need uh, to remember that like there's a difference between like conversion or like metanoia and salvation like soteria. Right. Okay. Conversion is yes. like I yeah. turn around and and like come back to God. Um I don't know where I was mm. going with that. But yeah, anyway, I think the other side of that that's really interesting and why this like what this word has implications for is that like if salvation and healing are are essentially the same thing, then that means that sin and wounding are also essentially the same thing. Like sin Mm. is a wound to myself and to the body, Um, which is, I I think a really interesting way to look at it because it removes the like shame aspect of sin. Like I'm supposed to be this and I'm not anymore. Um, It moves it out of that paradigm into a like, what I have done is wrong because it hurt me and it hurt other people mm. and it hurt God, right? And and so now I have to heal from that. And they, like even like there's a, there's a deep psychology behind confession. Like there's something really powerful yes. just on a like yeah. neurological level of like saying what you've done wrong to another person, and, and that actually that process is healing. So it's it's unsurprising then that that that, that confession is there and it's part of the church's like ritual for over like for getting forgiveness of sin or for healing from sin and so i think that that's really interesting it is called like the healing sacrament yeah like and and that's something that is neat that like yes sin is is then like wounding and and where there is wounds there needs to be healing um yeah and uh, yeah so that that is i lost my train of thought i'm not gonna lie controller is disconnected um (laughs) (laughs) no yeah like it's just the 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 healing experience that you have when you're confessing your sins is is incredible and it happens every time like there's not a single time that i've left the confessional like maybe I've left once or twice being weirded out by what the priest had said, but there hasn't been a time that I haven't left feeling like a weight has been lifted off. One time I went in very single and he started giving me marriage advice for, for <laughs> my current wife and kids. <laughs> I was like, I am 20. <laughs> that is funny. 
What do you think, Joe? I'm interested to hear your thoughts. On what? The sin being a wound thing. I wanted to say I wanted to take a contrarian position on it, but decided against it. I was just going to say it's not, but uh, I'm not going to do that today. Um, <laughs> I think I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you think about it in the context of what Jesus spent his time doing, it makes a lot of sense. You know, like hmm. he preached, mm. he healed. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he was actually just doing one thing, and he was actually just healing the whole time. Like, was that mm. not the essence of what he was doing? If you consider that word, like, that was his mission. And so to consider, like, like I, I sure there were other things he did, like preaching. Maybe you're like that's not directly healing, but like whatever, long game, part of that process. Yeah, yeah, and they can so. It can be, can be. I I like that a lot because that feels like in line with what you see in his lifestyle and like what he put his time into. Um, and I think just like yeah, I don't know from like a metaphorical like a narrative standpoint, it just makes sense because he is yeah. like mm. he is the healer, and so if yeah, like he didn't. Have if if that is the end goal, like full spiritual healing as well as bodily healing, that just like that all seems to line up and fit together well. You know what I'm saying? Because like if not, if sin yeah. is yeah. like if salvation doesn't have its root in healings, it's like the healing he was doing is like great and like a work of mercy and and like it's it's hard to be like oh why is it healing nice people? Extra. But like it brings. Yeah that action yeah. into a new light of like it's just yeah. what he does like it just like literally times in the gospel where he does it by accident it's like yeah. his healing oozes out of him like it's <laughs> just the or like it's you just yeah. think like, like the he, blood and water like, yeah, flow, like it presence. flows out it's just what he is it's what he does yeah um and then yeah yeah, yeah something that's coming to mind is like yeah, that is that is who he is, and like you look at his interactions after his resurrection, and particularly with Peter, who has just denied him three times, and has just rejected him completely, and then he goes to him and he says like Peter, like do you love me? He says yes, and, and like I yes there there's like there's Greek meaning behind like the way that he asks him. Yeah, but I, I don't want to. I right now I don't want to get into that. Like it's like there is like we could we could go into that, but anyways, there is a lot of healing that happened in this in this one moment where Peter just denied Jesus completely, and then now Jesus is standing in front of him and he's asking him like, "Do you love me?" and he's giving him the chance to heal from those three times that he denied his god his lord yeah and like that's who jesus is like that is that is so healing for peter in that moment 
to be able to just claim his love one of my favorite Mm. titles for jesus right now is the divine physician just like Mm. yeah joe you were gonna say something else no i was just like rambling as my thoughts processed and i had i had reached i had reached the end what type of what so general practitioner like (laughs) dentist they used to be really it was a really bad old net skit called uh what was it called open heart surgery and one of the characters was dr Dr. Jesus. jesus It was the thing, and Jesus comes in and he just heals the person, and it was just really, really bad. <laughs> um, so okay, so if all of that is true, what is the practical then? Like, how do you live that? I think I think it becomes very clear that the path towards salvation is through healing, and so if you are able to do that like to make the moves and like to make the moves yourselves yourselves yourself to get healing i think that is a good start and i'm i'm like i'm also like pointing that towards like wounds that you have with your 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 siblings your parents your friends like that is a good path to start and just like You've been wounded, and that is an opportunity for God to come in and show you truly who you are, who the other is. Like, it is an opportunity for a lot of healing to happen. And if addressing those wounds is, like, I think that's that's a good start. It makes me think of, I had this conversation with um, this guy named Jason Jensen from um, Glass Canvas. He has a great podcast called Speak the Unspoken. Um, and I was chatting with him a few weeks ago, and he just said something like, like blew my mind. Um, he was talking about like the studies are out now showing like fifty percent of men have viewed pornography within the last thirty days of them going to mass. Fifty um, percent mm. of guys who go to fifty percent of guys who go to mass have viewed pornography in the last thirty days. And what has been like like. <laughs> For the most part, like our response to this like epidemic really of porn addiction among Catholic Christian men, the response has been, okay, well, let's just tell them about how bad porn is for you, Um, which I think is just a kind of crazy response because like, okay, sure. Yeah. Like there's all kinds of science going to show like why pornography is bad for the brain and for your relationships and for all this other stuff Um, that does not drive behavioral change. Because everybody who watches porn is watching porn for a reason. There is something probably deeply rooted in your childhood um, that you need to heal from. Um, and that's the reason yeah. why you're seeking out pornography is because it's like th- this is like a, um, a way to numb the pain. Um, and so instead of like looking at all the statistics to show you why it's wrong, what we really need to do is like, go deep with people who are experiencing pornography addiction, go through their life and identify like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. So maybe you have had this moment when you were a a little kid where you experienced like rejection and now you're seeking out pornography to help you like numb the fact that you feel rejected all the time, constantly, wherever you go, you know, Mm. or loneliness or like whatever it is. Um, And if that was our approach to like helping people overcome pornography addiction instead of just like, yeah, well, it warps your brain and it's bad. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. I like um sort of building off of that, I guess. I like the what well, seems to be like a more holistic approach. Um that this takes speaking of holistic doTERRA get on it um anyways <laughs> because know, if you think about like if you talk about sin and culpability or guilt judgment like any of those things um or even like moral absolutes or relativity or what is impartial judgment um i think those are very scary things to talk about and i think our grasp on like our own influences and our own woundedness um is changing and i think developing for the best and i think addressing some of these problems that maybe would have been seen as so take like take porn addiction as your example like if at one point we would have said like this is a spiritual problem or just like a self-control problem or any number of those things and like and that's why these are mm. sins versus this is like a pain a point of pain for you like this is a wound and yes this has effects spiritually um but yeah the healing needs to happen like on an emotional level, on a personal level, and on a spiritual level. Yeah. And just acknowledging that, like, these things affect yeah. each other and work hand in hand. So let's approach yeah. them that way. Well, and it, it's, like, for me, it kind of, like, shifts my understanding of evangelization as well because it's, like, I think that for so... It's, like, I don't want to make... I don't want to make conversion an emotional thing. I don't. Like, I don't want to turn conversion into this, like, huge... or or Or, like drive at anyway like this huge emotional experience is like oh they've only had a conversion if they cried but i do think that there is something to like maybe we've cheapened the concept of conversion a little bit to just be like oh they prayed the they prayed the sinner's prayer Mm -hmm. they're in um and they, they made like intellectual assent but when i look back at like wherever jesus like preached the gospel um it was always yeah. accompanied by healing. It was always accompanied by healing. And um, I wonder if, like, if we approached it that way, it was like, okay, well, every time we, like, preach the gospel, it's accompanied by some kind of life change that's rooted in healing from people's wounds. It could be physically, but it also could be emotional or whatever. And then it actually is, it, it's like, oh, yeah, this is like a monumentous mm. point, not just like, oh, I made a decision. Like, it's like, oh, at that point, I made a decision and then everything in my life changed like at the deepest core, like part of me, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't like uh, the phrase everything in my life changed. Yeah. But I agree <clears throat> with but, yeah. everything that led up to it. <laughs> yeah. The, but just like, the idea of there being sort of this like there was a mm-hmm. healing moment that yeah. that is linked to yeah, that decision, true. you know? I feel good about that. I think yeah. there's a lot there. But you know how you can feel really good? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have not... Essential oils. Being your own boss. <laughs> <laughs> and, and extra income. And extra Doesn't income. hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't hurt. Well, <laughs> does anybody have a segment? I know you all do. <laughs> sure. I can go first. So, 
I am going to be suggesting, based on today's theme, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers by Kendrick Lamar. If you Ooh. don't know, if you haven't listened, first off, this is like one of the biggest albums of the year, so worth mentioning, in my opinion. But this album is essentially him going through therapy um, mm. and dealing uh, his own traumas, weaknesses, like generational pains, the savior complex he was essentially bestowed with um, after everyone was like, he's the greatest of all time, of our time, he's going to save us. He became the anthem at protests. He's like, And it is a very messy thing to listen to. It is an uncomfortable thing to listen to at times like depictions of very toxic relationships and uh, uh, like bad points of view being expressed bluntly I suppose but very relevant and I found very like it was very personal very deep that's time so yes I won't say anything <laughs> awesome yep. can somebody time me um tell me when okay um so again in the atlantic fantastic article called the homeowner's sunshine problem um and essentially talks about how maybe like 20 years ago it was pretty common for the be for there to be roofs of many different colors but in recent years it's become very popular to have a dark or gray roof but um studies have shown that white roofs can bring down heat by as much as seven degrees fahrenheit um, because the color white reflects heat better than the color black. And now some shingle makers have developed shingles that reflect heat, that are black, that reflect heat almost as well as white. So if you're looking for an economical way to cool down your home, check the roofing store. Can I use your last 10 seconds to just ask why this article? Okay. I just read yeah. it and it was interesting. <laughs> That's it. You're good. Nice. Yeah. Um, so mine, uh, taking a bit of a darker turn. Um, so turns out that King Leopold II of Belgium, who reigned until 1906, seems to be a worse mass murderer than, well, yeah, he's on par with Hitler. Um, oh, he wow. um, went down into Congo um and basically, like, treated it like a massive rubber plantation and set up insane quote, work quotas for children, uh, men and women, and anyone who didn't fulfill them would either, like, get killed or mutilated. And it was just, like, it was just horrible. And it seems that, like, the numbers of people who have died from from his presence in Congo is, like, near 10 million oh. which is insane oh cancel him yeah Holy cow yeah cancel king leopold thank you for respecting your one minute uh, all right well now we're moving on to trophy husband of the week if you heard last week's episode you yes. know what the deal is for this week so who barbecued uh, last it is sorry yeah. i sneezed who i don't i don't think i've barbecued in a oh. good while i don't have it's a barbecue so like 
a week or two weeks for me. You have me I beat. barbecued Absolutely on beat. Friday. Mm. Yes, I was hoping that somebody would take the crown. Yeah, it's about time. Thank Good job, you. Sam. Yeah, that was a softball yeah. one. I've eaten his barbecue yeah. in the last week, so I, I knew he had. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, that's, that's game. Sam's got yeah. it. <laughs> is he a good barbecuer that's the I question just made he just made chicken wings they were good it was also like too hot you know like i, I didn't let him yeah. cool down so i was like oh yay also my mouth is on fire so mm. i didn't i couldn't <laughs> but they were nice they were nicely done I'd say. james i'm actually going to a barbecue right now oh, next time you're in town james i should make you my general tzow chicken oh it's incredible it's Ooh. so good you know, you're gonna wine yeah, and dine. I me, might Sam? just wine and dine you, and except I also. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what except implies, but I better be able to come to the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it a plan. Maybe, maybe we'll do our live Ooh. episode of Ooh. Trivia Husbands okay, around Sam's spoilers. bowls of Sam's general yeah, general many, so's chickens. Many. Oh, yeah, All sorry, right, sorry. from I just said General So's chickens. <laughs> from all of so, us on the trophy case, we <laughs> hopped right off for a couple what? minutes and we're getting right back up there. Until next week. <laughs> Bye, doTERRA. <laughs> <laughs>